Alright, happy Thursday everybody. Welcome in to Concrete Jungle New York Baseball Podcast. Coming to you live from the third floor of the North Park building, FingerLakes1.com, Central Falls, New York. Paul Russo, alongside me as always, Calvin, Nate Sharbin behind the scenes. Turning the keys, flipping the switches, all the fun stuff there. Um, so, you know, obviously I know I mentioned at the end of last week, Thursday, right? Be back Monday and Thursday this week. That didn't happen. So we are going to momentarily peel back the onion a little bit. I think it's the proper term, right? Something like that. Uh, and give you an explanation as to why we weren't here or, or live on Monday. Um, so exciting stuff happening at FingerLakes1.com. Building a new studio. Uh, our new uh, anchor desk uh, got delivered on Monday. We just didn't know what time. And as timing would have it, we've, we've, it was a good idea. We decided to hold off and not do it because it was a little bit of an all-hands-on-deck situation. Uh, the desk got dropped off here about 11.30, 11.45, which means we would have had to chop off and, and end early. So we, we made the right decision, as I call it. I'm happy to say that, but um, glad to be back. Hopefully there won't be any crazy uh, stuff like that. I know... I think there's only one Monday really coming up in the near near future we won't be recording. That'd be uh, July 4th. So, but that's America. <laughs> anyway, now that we've gotten through that. How's everybody doing today? It's been a hectic week of sorts, I suppose, around here, like I mentioned. Yeah, it's good to be back talking baseball. I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah. Again, my team just keeps rolling. It's it's amazing. Yeah. All good on my side, gentlemen. Uh, was pretty happy to not be in office on Monday. I had to take <laughs> that one off, so I was. How did that go, by the way? It was a good time. We had, yeah. we had a good time. Um, but felt bad for you, you boys back here doing the heavy lifting for that anchor desk. <laughs> it wasn't even so much the voice. So luckily, Caleb. I don't know. Was was Caleb in in the headshot back there for you? But either way, you don't have to put him off and make it awkward. There he is. He decided to give us his best uh, uh, taekwondo karate skills with the. Uh, crates and such after the word after the fact so yeah shout out to you you did a great job <laughs> things got hairy there for a minute anyway um yeah a lot a lot to, to kind of get to today um admittedly not a ton of actually in-game stuff to kind of get to this week both the Yankees and Mets were off on Monday so only really a couple games to, to recap from the week itself for them mm-hmm. but um some some bigger key news and notes to get to with them and uh our minor league teams, it's been um it's weird. They kind of flipped the past week for, for a moment of time here, so we'll touch on that and uh just gotta say shout out to our to Kyle Evans here. Obviously, um our sports director at Finger Lakes one absolutely killing it with the Red Wings and, and S Met stuff and uh you get you'll be able to go to the game on Tuesday because of it. So that's pretty awesome. Appreciate that, Paul. Yeah. All right, let's jump on in. Uh we'll we'll do with the Yankees first, I guess, here and kind of uh Get, get this show on the road. Uh, the Yankees, 46-16 and 16 now, first in the AL East. Um, Six-game winning streak, so um, the hot start continues on Tuesday. First game with Tampa Bay, 2-0 victory there. Garrett Cole picks up the win, moves to 6-1 and one on the year, a 3-3-3 ERA. Corey Kluber takes a loss, sits at 3-3 three and three now with a 3.5 ERA. Clay Holmes picked up his 10th save of the season there. Garrett Cole, six innings of five-hit baseball and seven strikeouts. Zach Conner, Falefa, two for four, double in the lone RBI of the game, and Anthony Rizzo picked up a hit in three at-bats for the Yankees. So um, it was a bit of a ho-hum game, a bit of a uh, 
wouldn't call it maybe an outright pitcher's duel in that sense. I know Tampa Bay had a couple errors along the way, which was the reason that uh, Kluber actually only got dinged up with a single earned run. So, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, we've been talking about this, I feel like, you know, at least in Yankee circles for the past, gotta be at least handful seasons, especially within the Kevin Cash era. Um, you know, these teams are, are the ones that usually give us really good battles in and out each series and stuff like that. And um, Look, the series collectively itself was no exception, but it was a really nice pitcher's duel of sorts on Tuesday. Yeah, um, it's just so weird seeing the Rays this year. They're not hitting the ball well. They're making errors in the field. It, it kind of feels like it switched. You know, the past few years when the Yankees have played them, their offense has really struggled against their pitching, and they they're, they were the ones making the errors, and it's just reversed now, and it's just so nice to be able to sit back and watch it. Yeah, I, it's and it, it's weird because um, I don't know. It, it's actually an interesting point I'm going to bring up here because it's something that you know I, I've I've discussed with a couple different people more from the Red Sox side of things. In all honesty, um, it, it, it's weird because it does feel like the closest team to being a rival of the Yankees the past few years. Really, I guess maybe a better part of a decade. No, honestly, has been the Rays. Um, but even then, I I don't I don't necessarily pinpoint them with any hatred. Like they got a lot of dudes on that team that I like. I know I've mentioned before, and um, I know he pitched yesterday for the Rays. Like I got like Shane McCallahan, who um, young, really good. Like he's going to be good for a long time. Um, personally, <laughs> excuse me. One of my favorite players in baseball, and why am I one of the most underrated hitters in baseball, Manuel Margot, is on the Rays. And look, they got a bunch of young guys, too. I mean, obviously, I, I didn't bring up a guy like Wander Franco yet um, and guys like that. Plus, I mean, they're, they're retro uniforms that they wear a couple times a year. I mean, they're always fire. So I can't let you talk about the Rays without talking about my favorite player in baseball. G-Man Choi? Randy Arozarena. Ah, Arozan Beans. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mention him either. I mean, that's the thing, right? So... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, this will be, it'll be, it will be interesting to follow through the years here. Obviously, you know, you mentioned Kyle, a really good point about how they just, they haven't been hitting all that well this year. Um, this is a team that usually does hit extremely well. I mean, this is a team where normally it's only, uh, Mike Zanino really kind of putting up the numbers that they've been putting up and, uh, you know, Zanino has been putting up Zanino numbers and everybody else has been putting up Zanino numbers in that sense. Yeah, it's just been really odd. Their pitching's still really, really good, but um, their offense, I mean, every team hits a tough stretch, but it just seems like this offense isn't the same one we saw in previous years. Uh, speaking of the offense for them, they came on late yesterday, a 4-3 to Yankee victory. Uh, Nestor Cortez picks up the win, 6 on the year, moves to 6-2, and two, still a sub-2 ERA at 1.94. Mentioned Shane McCallahan, 7-3 and three now on the year. He picked up the loss uh, very much still well below two ERA at 1.84. Clay Holmes picks up his 11th save on the year. Uh, Nestor, Nasty Nestor, our dude, goes five and a third, three hits, and earned run and four strikeouts. Kyle Higashioka, one for three, two-run home run. He had a three-run home run, rather. And then Aaron Judge also picked up a solo home run as well. So um, things got a little bit hairy there in the eighth inning with uh, our guy Lucas. But um, he seems to be kind of the... Uh, not the right cog in that bullpen machine at the moment, all things considered, even though 
he was very good last year, and I, I think he still is good. I think he's just kind of going through a rough patch, but uh, did have a moment there yesterday where the Rays offense kind of looked like they were about to get alive, and all things considered, you know, Yankee bullpen kind of ended up holding it down, and Clay Holmes uh, again, which we'll, we'll touch on a little bit more of this here in a, in a minute with Clay Holmes, but um, just another stellar job by him in the ninth inning. Yeah, Clay Holmes, every time he takes the field, it's like it's automatic, like you know they're going to win, and um, if it wasn't for Rizzo's error uh, in the ninth yesterday, it would have been a one-two-three inning again. Mm. So just very impressive by him. Um, so <clears throat> the Yankees here, interesting spot at this point now with the division, um, most wins in baseball, best team in baseball, I guess by that margin. Uh, I think like five games. I'm pretty sure on on pace. Um, Right now, to beat the 2001 Mariners, for record-wise, uh, not maybe hope to be a little bit better than they ended up being that year uh, in the long run. But uh, another thing, it's interesting. Aaron Judge obviously is at 27 home runs, and um, he is tied with uh, pretty good company, Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle, for most through the first. I believe it's. 65 or something like that games through the year something like that could be a little bit off or 60 games i think it actually is but i'm pretty sure i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure it's 25 something like that i don't know so 25 homers but uh they're both all they they had a graphic up yesterday about how they're all at 27 at the same date or something like that somewhere halfway to 50 yeah this is the discussion we should have in probably two or three months but sure is there a part of you guys that is a little bit scared that he could leave next year, or is that something we're not even going to think about yet? I don't know about scared, but, I mean, it's certainly a possibility. I wouldn't blame him if he left. I mean, I do have a feeling that he will. See, I'm the other way around. I just I think there's really no shot. I, I think he he just loves the Yankees that much. I think he's obviously just trying to get him, get more money, and this is the way to do it. Yeah, bet on yourself and win, right? And yeah. yeah. That's the motto. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It will be interesting. I I don't know if it's a necessarily discussion we'd have to wait to do, though, Nate. I mean, this is a guy who, look, the Yankees lowballed him, bet on himself, certainly going to earn whatever money he gets in the offseason from whether it's the Yankees, the Giants, the Red Sox, Angels, it, it don't matter. You know, whoever's going to give him the paycheck will we'll give him the paycheck. What if he goes down to Brooklyn? And play for the Nets? Oh, I mean the Mets, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Queens, you mean. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's a team that's popped up. Um, it hasn't been a, the past couple of weeks, but a team that has popped up over the course of really the season about that. Well, he could play for the Nets as well. You mean, that's a fair pretty, point. Pretty tall. I mean, they they need all the help they can get. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw Caleb back. Caleb's back here just laughing. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, let, let's get to our news and notes about the Yankees here, and then we can dive a little bit further in. Uh, Speaking of closing, Heraldus Chapman has uh, officially tossed from the Yankee Stadium mound. Next step is to be live batters. Uh, Aaron Boone, Matt Blake saw, and, and I guess Mike Harkey was also involved in it. Uh, they all liked what he what he saw and what they what he did. So. Next up uh, will be live BP. I like how you gave a shout out to Mike Harkey. He doesn't get a lot of. Uh, I love Mike Harkey recognition. <laughs> uh, what's interesting here is when when Chapman does return, we're still I'm baselining probably at least two weeks out. Um, you know, we, he will 
it, it will be a closer by committee style decision per Aaron Boone where Clay Holmes will take more of the high pressure and high leverage situations, um, whether that's the seventh inning or the eighth inning. Uh, that's where we're at. I think part of it is an underrated aspect of this is Zach Britton, who um, we talked about last week. Um, no, no, no major update to provide there out of the fact of what he's been doing. Uh, he's still, um, I guess, if anything, he's moved down to Tampa technically and is working rehab full time at the moment down there. Uh, but um, my guess is once Britton comes back, because he's progressed a little bit further along the timeline than they thought he would be right now would be Clay Clay would handle those high leverage, and then Zach would handle whether it's the 7th or 8th or ninth, wherever, and then Chapman would do the closing. But I, I just – I don't know. I think I'd just roll with a hot hand and still stick with Holmes at this point. I, I, I struggle with this. And, look, maybe it was a health thing with Chapman, and he'll come back and, you know, maybe the fastball still is a little bit down because he is older. But maybe that slider does come back and it has that bite again. I, I could be wrong. I, I could be right in our thinking. But I think I'd rather ride the hot hand right now of Clay Holmes than than just more or less give it outright to Chapman at this point. Yeah, and I really don't want to go through another postseason with Chapman closing games. I mean, he's literally ended our season a couple times. Like, giving up home runs is just it's frustrating. Like, if I'm Aaron Boone, like, why wouldn't you not want to stick with Holmes every single time? Yeah, you sign Chapman to do, you know, what to, to close games, but he hasn't been effective. He's not the same pitcher. And then when he is on, he's on for what? Two weeks? And it's right back to uh walking batters, being wild, not finding the strike zone. Right. That's not a closer. It's just I don't know. It's time to move on from Chapman. It's gonna be so frustrating when he comes back and he's closing games and especially if he starts blowing them and I don't know. I don't. I just not a fan of Chapman. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna hold out hope. I'm. I'm cautiously optimistic. Like I said, I. I. I know the fastball velocity is just not going to be there. He's older now. He's not going to be humming a hundred every time. I mean, that's just the way it is. Father time is undefeated. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I. I'd assume just ride the hot hand. I'm not gonna. I guess sit here and question. I think a lot of it might be. Again, what what we've discussed a little bit on here, and I, I know off air, you know, I I don't know how much of this is actually more or less Aaron Boone talking as much as it is Cashman and the higher ups. So, and that's the thing, like you just said, yeah, his velocity is yeah. down, but then his secondary pitches, he's just hanging them. He's not, you know, he doesn't have command with them. It's like, how can you be effective when your fastball's down? You hang your curveball. Like, what are you going to your slider? Yeah, like it's just I don't know. I just, I just don't think he has it anymore. Jonathan Lewis Saga good news has returned to the United States has returned to the Yankees all as well uh, with his family now um, he has began a throwing program uh, their hope is to have him getting back and going here at some point in early to mid-July um, I mean other than that it's, it's been a pretty quiet week on the Yankee front admittedly um, <laughs> sometimes no news is good news in that sense I'm not going to sit here and act as if I want all sorts of headlines, although it would give us a lot more to talk about. Sometimes it's perfect that way, and uh, obviously for our lasagna boy, it's it's good to see that he is, you know, progressing along. I mean, this again, another big bullpen piece that when he gets healthy and when he comes back, um, you know, you, you, you can maybe not necessarily have to worry about, you know, having, uh, having you know, like, you know, Lucas out there or 
Shout out to Wandy Peralta. He's been uh, really good. I was going to say Wandy, but Wandy's been <clears throat> quietly good. And also Miguel Castro as well. Yep. He just quietly have won that trade, by the way. Surprisingly. I don't know how, but. <laughs> Alas, here we are. Shout out to Matt Carpenter as well. Had a great Sunday. Seven RBIs. Two homers. All right. I'm going to ask everybody here. Does Matt Carpenter look like the WB Mason guy logo? <laughs> You sent me that picture, and I agree. Thank you. Kyle? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, what a fantastic little pickup. So. All right. Uh, Yankees still have one game left at Tampa Bay. That's today at 7.05 on ES. Jalen Beeks, or Bex, I don't know how I'm technically supposed to pronounce It looks like that. they're going a bullpen game by yeah. starting him. Yeah, I don't know how I'm technically supposed to pronounce that, unfortunately. But uh, he's 1-1 one one on the year. Uh, 1.38 ERA, as you mentioned. Probably will be a bullpen game. Luis Severino for the Yankees, 4-1 in a 2-8 ERA. Tonight, getaway. Hop that flight. We're going north of the border to Canada. Three-game series in Toronto, the second time this year. Blue Jays are 37-25, second in the AL East. This is a Friday through Sunday series. Rejoice, Kyle. You need not worry. All games are on yes this week. That is unbelievable. So, uh, we have a 7-0-7 start tomorrow night. Now, Preface it with this. The Blue Jays' rotation at the moment is all TBA for the weekend. Reason being, uh, rotation is a little bit in flux. Um, Ryu's officially out the rest of the year, I believe, yep, right? That's what I saw. Okay. So, uh, not too sure what um, what we'll see fully out of Toronto over the weekend. Uh, but we'll be interested to kind of see. Toronto always plays tough. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. had his first uh, walk-off home run. Uh yeah, last night. So uh, was it a home run? I thought it was a double. Oh, I thought confirm? it was a home run. I don't. Okay. okay. Well, look, I. It was a long day. We had golf yesterday. Me and Nate. We had golf. I had my own baseball to attend to at night. It it, it was a long long day out in the sun for me. <laughs> yeah. Congrats to the Blue Jays. You beat the Orioles. Jeez, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I think we have to have Caleb on Monday, and we'll talk to recap the series. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem. Oh, that would be fun. I forgot. Hop, yeah. Caleb can go hop over in seat two, as we call it. So, um, yeah. Uh, but Friday, seven oh seven, Jordan Montgomery at least will be thrown for the Yankees. Two and one, a two seven ERA. Saturday, a three oh seven first pitch. JMO Jamison Tyone, seven and one, a two nine three ERA. And then Sunday, it's cold day. 137 first pitch. So um, I, I do think the Yankees winning streak comes to an end in Toronto. Might come to an end tonight, in all honesty. So, I mean, who knows? But uh, at least with Toronto, um, with a little bit of remains to be seen officially out of, that bol- out of, the, out of the rotation for Toronto, uh, they're, they always play the Yankees tough. I mean, I'm guessing Manoa is going to be somewhere in there. So, right there's, I, to me, a loss. <laughs> Uh, for the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> look, Manoa's good, man. Like, I don't think people realize that, like, how good he is. So, uh, Oh, he's good. And his brother pitches in Rochester, fun fact. So, or he did. I don't know if he still is at the moment. Either way. Uh, we'll go probably 2-1 and one out of the Yankees in Toronto, I'm thinking. Yeah, they sweep tonight, go 2-1 and one in Toronto. That's what I think. So, all right. We will move on to the Mets then. Cruising in at 41 and 23, first in the NL East. And taking on the Brewers all week. A tough matchup. Uh, so Tuesday was a 4 nothing Met victory. 
Chris, he wants his Cy Young back. Bassett picked up the win, five and four, a three eight nine ERA now. Adrian Hauser picked up the loss for the Brewers. He now moves to three and seven on the year. Your top performers, Chris Bassett, went eight innings of shutout ball, three hits allowed, some strikeouts. Pete Alonso, two for three, a walk, two RBIs, and a run scored. And then Brandon Nimmo, two for four, and a double and a run scored there. So, uh, nice little outing for the Mets there. And real good job, obviously, by Chris Bassett. Nice bounce back game for him against a very tough and a very good uh, Milwaukee Brewers squad. Yeah, that was a really good start to the series. You know, coming back home, way to start it off. Um, the, with the Braves, you know, winning what fourteen straight now. Yeah, kind of puts the pressure on them. I mean, the I believe they're now just four games back from the Mets. Mm-hmm. When last week, what was it, ten? Or I mean, two weeks ago it was like ten. Yeah. So uh, I think there's a lot more pressure on these Mets. Uh, you can't. You're not really rolling as much as you were two weeks ago, and you're eight and six in your last fourteen. It's maybe time to be a little concerned. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit here, obviously with our with our notes portion. But yeah, I mean, I I could understand why there might be some concern. I'm not I'm not again I'm not overly worried. It's just because um, of the past, I think too. A lot of Mets fans know what's happened in the past. They don't want another repeat of it. You know, they they jump up in the NL East early on in the year, and second half they just fall off. And I think that's kind of what Mets fans are a little scared of right now. Although they keep forgetting they're getting two amazing pitchers. You know coming back pretty soon so I don't know I and the Braves are going to cool off mm-hmm. so we'll see yeah. what happens yeah I mean it's pretty obvious I think that they're going to um and I mean they just play the Nationals but, so let's be real <laughs> but you know the thing the thing with the Mets too is you know we kind of said that when everything kind of when they jumped out as high as they did and got hurt the way they you know kind of play 500 ball and you'll be fine they've been fine I again I'm not panicking yet you mentioned right I mean the Braves are on a well, I mean, it, it all depends. I mean, we're still a week away from really discussing the true history of if they do get to the 20-game mark or anything like that. But, um, I mean, they're on a heater. I mean, <laughs> plain and simple. Um, Wednesday, yesterday, Mets uh, take a 10-2 to loss. Uh, Corbin Burns picked up the win for the Brewers, 4-4 now on the year, 2-5-2 two, two, two ERA. And just a rough one for Drew Peterson. Can't lay a ton of blame on him, in all honesty. Uh, moves a 3-1 on the year, 3-6 ERA now. Um, Mets' bright spots offensively was Nimmo. Again, 2-4. for four. This time a triple and a run scored. Uh, Jeff McNeil went 2-4 for four with a home run, two RBIs and a run. Sorry, Marte went 1-2. for two, Also got hit by a pitch. We'll touch on that, though, in just a second. Um Tough one for the Mets. Like I said, Peterson can't really blame anything on him too, too much. Uh, they brought in uh, Jake Reed. and Five runs. Yeah, just got absolutely shelled. I mean, Peterson did what he had to do through four innings, got you to the point where you could still be in it. Uh, but, you know, um, also, you know, Corbin Burns is best pitcher in the NL debate. I don't know, but um, I mean, he's been one of my favorite guys to this kind of watch throughout the past couple of years uh, as he's developed along and, and kind of seen how he's progressed. But uh, look, Corbin Burns has went out there and pretty much did Corbin Burns things for the Brewers more or less yesterday, and their bets, you know, really showed up for him uh, this time around. And brief moment um, of whatever here, I got family out in Wisconsin, so where my mom's from, and we go out from time to time. Been to my fair share of Brewers and seen my fair share of Brewers games out here, but brief congratulations to Craig Council. Began the most winning manager in Brewer history yesterday. So, Yeah, that's um, awesome. Maybe not saying a super ton, but. 
either way. Uh, like I said, I, I think yesterday was just more or less Corbin Burns was was Corbin Burns, and just as I as I as I say, gave the theoretical finger to the rest of the league. Like I still definitely have this like take notice. <laughs> yeah, and like we kind of mentioned in past uh, podcast, Mets really have to go out at the deadline and, and grab a reliever or two. It's kind of sometimes been their weakness. Um, you know. Jake Reed should not be in their bullpen, in my opinion. Mm. So, and Steven Nagosak has been in there a lot, up and down. Mm. Uh, what is it? Yoan Lopez has been up and down a lot. Just yeah. guys that aren't super reliable. They're just back and forth. You know, they're trying to figure out which one to keep. And I just, if I'm the Mets, I go out and try to try to get a reliever. Well, luckily for you, we'll touch on Nogasek and, and Lopez here when we get to our Syracuse Mets discussion. Fun fact, but yeah, I mean it. It's tough. They, they they'll have pieces to make uh, to make moves at the deadline. Um, and Joely Rodriguez has struggled. Yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, that's you know going back to that trade. I mean, it was just a straight up swap of Rodriguez and, and Castro with the Yankees trade there. And like I said, I think the Yankees you know more or less have won it quietly. I don't think people kind of realize how good actually Castro was. Bad. It's a lot similar, I guess, in way with the with the way they did the Holmes deal. But you know, um, either way. Uh, so touch on this, obviously starting Marte, obviously left the game yesterday after being hit in the pitch. It was, uh, and it was right forearm. X-ray came back negative. There's no fracture. However, there's a lot of bruising. So he is day to day. Uh, Marte has been, unfortunately keeps getting these minor dings and dents really over the course of the past couple of weeks. And, um, just, he's kind of, he hasn't been fully in and out of the lineup. He's been more in than out. Uh, but just a tough spot for, for a really great player, obviously a, a fan favorite overall. I mean, Nate, Nate loves him still. <laughs> Over pirate, <laughs> pirate legend, as we say. So, um, look, like I said, it, it tough for him uh, at this point. Uh, now, a couple different times he's been plunked and has had to deal with injury. So, uh, but day to day, that's a nice solid. Pretty much, he'll probably be out of the lineup today. A little bit of rest. Um, it was a 97 mile per hour Corbin Burns backdoor cutter that did not do anything. So, uh, not pleasant in the slightest. Not at all. If I got hit by a 97 mile an hour backdoor cutter, I'd be out for more than a day. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've always said this, and um, I mean, I kind of chuckle because I can tell you the last time I got beaned and organized ball was the last year I played full-time in, in 2016. And it was just a pretty much a rainbow curveball to the knee. And it didn't bother me. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, nobody likes getting beaned at any speed. It's not never pleasant, never fun. <laughs> um, pretty sure we can all attest to that in this room anyway. So, uh, all right, other updates. I, pretty much the rest of these are are – Pretty positive, in fact, actually, for the Mets. You mentioned, uh, Kyle, about guys coming back here. But we don't start with a pitcher. We start with the opposite. They're a battery mate catcher. James McCann officially has began his rehab assignment. Uh, he's starting off with Double A Binghamton and has joined the team down in Bowie as they take on the Bay Sox this week. Um, he uh, has been out four weeks uh, with, uh, I believe it was the, was, it his, was this the wrist injury? They all run together for me. Is that point. weird yeah. thing that you mentioned that one time? Yeah, so um, good to see he's he's coming back. Obviously, the catching position has been a little bit in flux for the Mets, obviously, since uh, he has been out. So um, much needed. 
Um, we know what he can kind of do or slash what he can't do. And uh, if he just comes back and pretty much bats what he was doing and do what he was doing before he got hurt, uh, they should be just fine behind the plate the rest of the year. Uh, Max Scherzer slated to go out and start a throwing program here in the next few days with the hopes of minor league rehab assignments uh, beginning shortly thereafter. Um, again, they didn't expect to probably have a very strenuous timeline or rehab uh, timeline with him. More or less once he was ready to go, they knew that he'd be ready to go. So um, good to see there. Remains to be seen kind of where they put Scherzer, though, for rehab. Um, I know uh, to go into the well a little bit, obviously locally here with what Strasburg did, but he started off with, uh, I believe he had one start with the Fredericksburg, two with Harrisburg, and another two in Rochester. So, um, And I believe Syracuse is in Rochester next week. Yes. Yep, that's just what I was just going to say. Do we have any shot? Probably so not. Maybe next Probably a little too quick. Maybe next I think Sunday. that's. A, I think that might be a little bit too quick in the headline. Yeah. I know Syracuse is home the following week after. Um, for what that's worth, but we'll see. I think that remains to be seen quite, like I said, a lot of it all just depends where each kind of team is at logistically. Like, um, it's not, like I said, it's not ideal maybe that James McCann is on the road with double a Binghamton. Uh, but here's the thing. Syracuse this week is in Norfolk, which triple a further South, even than Bowie. Um, I'm not sure where single A high A Brooklyn is, but the way high A ball is in that league now, the way it's structured, Brooklyn could be as far south as I believe. I want to say Columbia, South Carolina, um, and then obviously you know if you take them even further, I mean single A St. Lucie is all the way down in Florida, and they stay in Florida, so. Um, it all it all depends, right, location wise. I know, um, you know, again, not to go too far deep into well, Strasburg, obviously with Rochester, uh, was brought back uh, before Triple A before Rochester went out to St. Paul, for example. So and he's already back on the injury list, right? By the way. Right. So we might see him again in Rochester this year. Anyway, <laughs> oh man, uh, one of the really feel good stories, as I call it, of the Mets pipeline so far this year between Syracuse and then uh, gets up to, to the big league club and, and did really fantastic with them. Colin Holderman has been placed on the injury list with a right shoulder impingement uh, it's, and is considered a uh, week-to-week. Uh, they're not expecting him back until probably at the very earliest at some point. Uh, end of July, gave up three straight walks, and uh, they kind of went out and realized that something was probably off with him, um, which is a shame. Like I said, I mean, he, he, he's been fantastic since being called up to the big league club. And uh, was really the one of the lone bright spots early on for the Syracuse Mets on the year. Yeah, that's the thing. We keep mentioning these guys, and a lot of them just keep coming from Syracuse. And, you know, when they you take them away from Syracuse, their bullpen, you know, gets weaker, right. which maybe kind of the reason why the pitching has struggled down in Syracuse. Yeah. You know, they're, they just keep taking their relievers up and down, up and down. And I don't know. We'll see. But I think eventually – a lot of those guys will be back down, you know, like I said, the trade deadline, grabbing relievers, and I think the Syracuse team will, will get better yeah. down the stretch. Travis Jankowski had a schedule in his rehab coming back from a thumb surgery. Hopes to be returning now a target date of July 1 as opposed to mid-July. Uh, so expect to see him probably do maybe just a couple rehab games again. Probably all this depends where. Um, and then Jacob DeGrom has thrown his fourth bullpen session. That occurred on Tuesday. 
has one more schedule today, which is Thursday. And if all goes well, next step is going to be live batting for DeGrom. So really progressing along nicely there. And then Trevor May uh, has begun a light throwing program and will continue to ramp up his rehab process in the coming days and the next week ahead. So all is uh, coming together a little bit for the Mets pitching staff. Yeah, a lot of injury updates. Um, normally it's the other New York team with all the injury updates the last few years. So it's pretty good to see that the Yankees are kind of staying healthy. Um, but we still have a long way to go. Yep. All right, for the Mets, one more game today against the Brewers. That's at 7-10 on SNY. Rookie, uh, rookie, I wouldn't say maybe Phenom exactly, but he's really come on pretty good as of late. Just hasn't gotten run support. It's Aaron Ashby. One and five on the year. You'll see what I mean by this. He's at a three nine one ERA, which tells me he's doing what he has to do. Not a ton of help coming from behind. Uh, and then Tyler Magill gets the start from the Mets. Four and two, a four and a half ERA for him. Four games await the Mets this weekend. Well, kind of. They're home against the Marlins. Twenty eight and thirty three. A feisty fourth place in This is the Marlins team that's been punching above their weight the past couple weeks. This is yeah, not going to be an easy series. They had that team meeting, right? Yeah, and then it kind of woke them up a little bit. Well, it was about it was about. I guess some of the guys weren't liking the way Jazz Chisholm was doing things, which is odd considering Jazz Chisholm is by far and away their best player. Um, which I I don't recommend pissing off your best player, but hey, do you? Uh, <laughs> But, look, this is a Marlins team that, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I thought was really good at the start of the year. Uh, probably wouldn't make the playoffs, but certainly punch above their weight a little bit better than I think a lot of people probably realized. And, uh, and they're kind of showing that a little bit right now, uh, the way they've been playing. Uh, so, tomorrow, their TBA against Cookie Carrasco, 7-2 on the year, a 3-9-3 ERA for Cookie. Uh, it's on SNY at 7-10. Saturday, a 4-10 first pitch on WPICS affiliates across New York State. Braxton Garrett, 1-1-4 one one flat ERA for the Marlins, going against Taiwan Walker for the Mets, 4-2, a 3-0-8 ERA. Sunday, four or a one forty start again on your local PICS affiliate. Uh, this one's probably the pitching matchup of the weekend. <clears throat> Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins, 6-2, a one six eight ERA against Chris Bassett. And then Monday, uh, getaway day for both teams, One ten start, first pitch on SNY, both TBAs at the moment there. So, uh, man, Sunday is going to be a fun game. If you can get in front of a TV for that, must watch. Sandy's a fantastic pitcher, probably one of the more underrated ones in baseball because he's just stuck on the Marlins. Um, and then Chris Bassett, again, if he, if he can have a game like he did against the Brewers here on Tuesday, that's going to be a really fun matchup to watch. Yeah, I'm just thinking here. I think – I don't think the Mets are going to win this series. I think it's going to be a split. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too, actually, two and two split. Especially just because the last two weeks are – I mean, they're 500 ball, really. Yeah, I, I thought two and two split as well. So, um, I think it all depends who ends up throwing Monday for the Marlins. And Mets, I guess, that degree. I think it's going to come I, down to some bullpen issues. Yeah. I know I know technically that TBA spot for the Mets anyway is for sure Peterson. Um I'm pretty sure for the Marlins that is um Cabrera's spot in the rotation. I could be wrong, but um it will be interesting to kind of see what happens there. So all right, let's move on. Uh, we're kind of running up against the clock as we call it here, and we'll touch uh, briefly on our minor league teams. It's been a interesting tale of two weeks for them. 
normally it's, you know, we talk about, you know, how Syracuse is struggling and Rochester is doing good, but it's a little bit of a flip the script mirror uh, image this week. And it really makes no sense what Rochester is doing right now. Yeah, they well, they've been in a tough spot here, but we'll touch on that in a second because uh, they are in the middle of an eight-game losing streak. Uh, they've dropped both games so far in Scranton, oh, losing 7 nothing, and then 10-6 uh, to yesterday. Um, after losing all last week in St. Paul to the to the Saints. Uh, tough spot for the Red Wings. Um, it was good to see yesterday that the Bats did get going a little bit. Uh, that being said, um, I'd like to say reinforcements are kind of coming for them. Um, at that point, you know, also, you know, we've kind of seen, and this is the part of the minor league season where you do see a lot of rosters kind of move and shake and shift and, We've seen it already with with Rochester, just because the Nationals, you know, we we've talked about, and it's not that good. Um, so they're trying out different people and, and stuff like that. Uh, second baseman Andrew Young uh, was was assigned to Double Harrisburg from Rochester. Uh, good news, I know Nate is going to be thrilled about this one. Nicky Banks, two bag Nicky, has begun his rehab assignment. He has uh, joined the High A Wilmington Blue Rocks. That's my guy right there, Nicky Banks. <laughs> so. Hope is on the horizon for you, Nate. Uh, two pitchers were selected by Washington and called up over the course of the past week. Ran pitcher and relief, Reed Garrett. And then our starting pitcher of the month, player of the month for May for the Red Wings, Jackson Tatro, got called up and uh, got absolutely, unfortunately, shelled on, yeah. on Tuesday. Um, it it kind of sucked because I actually was watching that game a little bit. It was on MLV Network, and I was like, oh, man. And, uh, I know the Nationals announcers were, were – or no, actually, I think it was the Braves announcers, actually, that they were doing – that they were showing on, on there. were saying that, you know, he has to not be afraid to, to throw inside to these guys, but I kind of chuckled because I don't know who was catching for the Nationals, but everything was set up mid and away. Like, you can't – if you're a pitcher, you can't throw inside when your catcher is setting up in that spot every time, so – it's a little pet peeve. I apologize. I will defend my beloved Jackson, though, in this case. Uh, corresponding moves, Jordan Weems was optioned down uh, there. And then another pitcher, Francisco Perez, was recalled by Washington. Um, but uh, a little bright spot here. Uh, shortstop, Alcides Escobar has began a rehab assignment with Rochester. Don't know if he'll quite make it to the two-week homestand. It starts next Tuesday, by the way. A homer in his first at bat. So I don't know if he'll quite make it there, but uh, another another good major league guy to kind of have in the clubhouse here, albeit for, again, a short time, but certainly help with a, a, a team that uh, clearly is, is good but young. You know, they're in the roughest stretch that they've been in all year. Um, they've, they have dropped to second place in the International League East at this point, but, you know, they still have a lot of talent out of this team. I mean, Joey Manessas is still doing really good. Uh, Steven, Andrew Stevenson is still doing really good. Um it's just a tough spot here at this point because, like I said, I mean, it's a rough spot. And when you're a young team, it kind of is tough to come out of those spots. Uh, but that's the beauty, right? I mean, you have a guy like Escobar who, like I said, I'll be on rehab, probably a good guy to have in there, albeit just for a week, kind of, you know, show some guys what you can and can't do in these situations. Yeah, and shout-out to Luis Garcia. I saw that he was named the national starting shortstop um, yesterday, so that's pretty cool. Um and when Escobar gets back up to the big league club, I guess he's going to bounce around the infield. So, pretty Probably cool. Interesting, yeah. So, 
Yeah, like I said, I mean, this is a tough time of year for for these minor league teams, especially the AAA teams. Like I said, you got guys coming and going a lot of times, and it, it, it becomes a bit of a mess. Syracuse Mets, um, albeit in the basement of the International League East, still right now in 10th place, currently riding a three-game winning streak, a nice little bright spot for the team. Uh, this one dates back to the Sunday wrap-up game with Scranton-Wilkes-Barre, which they won 10-1. Uh, but they are currently, like I said, they're in Norfolk this week playing the Tides. Uh, won 18-6 on Tuesday and then 5-4 yesterday. So the bats are coming along. Pitching is still kind of up for debate, but the bats are kind of getting there a little bit. Daniel Polk has kind of gotten hot again. Um, and look, again, you know, I talk about veteran presence in a locker room. Polka can be that guy, obviously, guy who has uh, a – few years experience with the White Sox but has also been around I mean obviously we mentioned right he was in Rochester last year now in Syracuse so he knows in theory the area kind of well but you know a, a good guy to kind of have in the locker room to kind of settle these young guys out and you know like I mentioned now Syracuse has kind of hovered at this point where they're 15 games below 500 but they've kind of been at this point now for a while overall they kind of had these ebbs and flows but they've kind of found their footing like I mentioned probably now about three weeks ago, it kind of sucks that they just start off so bad because I don't necessarily think the team is actually all that bad. But we get off to a rough start like they did. It, it kind of hampers what you can do the rest of the year. Um, you mentioned the pitching uh, earlier, Kyle. Uh, the Mets options, Steven Nogasak to Syracuse earlier this week. Obviously, recalled Jake Reed. We've, we've touched on that already. Outfielder Matt uh, Rudick was uh, re-signed back to high A Brooklyn. Here's a name that's going to be of interest to some people. Trevor Cahill was assigned to Syracuse uh, from the Florida Gulf Coast League Mets. Cahill, a major league uh, veteran. So, uh, again, probably a guy that the Mets are more or less trying out. See what you got at this point. He's kind of bounced throughout the minors the past couple of years. Good news, Mark Ventios was activated off the I.L. Catcher Hayden Singer was assigned to A Binghamton. And the Mets have optioned outfielder Khalili back to Syracuse and recalled Yoan Lopez so um, some guys who look good bats are coming in for Syracuse a veteran pitcher coming on for Syracuse as well uh, things are kind of looking uh, on the bright side for the S-Mets here the past couple days yeah um, they're definitely getting uh, some of their players back um, Khalil Lee I, mean, I know he hit his first big league home run but it just I don't know I don't think he's a player that the Mets thought he was going to be and I just don't really think there's a spot for him right now on the big league roster. So I'm kind of wondering if eventually he could potentially be in a trade package. Um, I mean, he hasn't even really hit that well in the minors, and I believe he's hitting 221 mm-hmm. in 34 games. I mean, it's nothing really to brag about. So I think that's interesting to see what will happen with him. Well, he was also a guy that started the year batting sub-100, so... <laughs> Well, he's come on good. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, all these – the Mets' offense has come along at this point. A lot of it has to do with, as you mentioned, though, with the Mets' issues, their pitching, which can kind of cause a little bit of ruckus. Uh, if there's any positive, the S-Mets are on the road for one more week, albeit next week is in Rochester uh, for the third round of the Battle of the Fo- Battle of the Dishes. Apologies. Uh, next week before uh, they finally get back home to MBT Bank Stadium in Syracuse. So takes care of the pod for uh today in the week any uh any thoughts before we head out of here guys all, all good any big plans for the weekend nope uh i don't think any big plans just kind of sitting back watching sports all right yeah hoping we can get to uh frontier field for that back half of that uh two-week doubleheader paul yeah or two-week two-week doubleheader you know what i mean 
But um, home stand. I got there you. There we go. I got you. I'm hoping we can get back there. Always yeah. a good time when we head up to Frontier Field. Oh yeah, I'm hoping to get to Syracuse eventually here too. So I I apologize to my S Mets brethren. So <laughs> yeah, definitely I agree with that too. We need to get up there, <laughs> especially if Scherzer's there. Yes, and that's it for sure. Yeah. And I know the S Met. The I know Syracuse actually had um at the end of the last series sold out three straight games. Wow, really? Yep. So. I think fans just want to come out and see baseball. They don't really care about how good the Syracuse team is. True, but I know uh, Syracuse, again, it's a lot like Rochester. I mean, it's a baseball town. They like their baseball there. And, I mean, they're one of the more historic franchises collectively in the International League. I mean, Syracuse had actually technically a major league team as in Rochester for, I think, two years technically in the 1880s. But that's neither here nor there for this podcast. (laughs) Anyway. Concrete Jungle New York Baseball Podcast. You can catch us live here on YouTube. Watch anytime there. You can also listen on Anchor and Spotify. You can also watch on Spotify if you don't want to bother with us on YouTube, which really hurts my feelings, but that's okay as long as you watch us one way or another. Concrete Jungle, produced by Nate Sharman, Paul Russo, Calvins. We will catch everybody next Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you then.